How y'all doing tonight? Oh, okay, so like I heard like people right here, but this whole area right here was silent. How y'all doing tonight? Good, 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 good. Uh, real quick, before I get started, I want you to just turn to the person next to you and just say, what's up? How's it going? Yeah, say it with some swag like that. Yeah, what's up? What's up? Hey, what's going on? Some of y'all are like, what is swag? What does that mean? So I don't know if you can tell already, but I'm a lively individual. Meaning that this whole time where I'm here speaking and you are listening is not supposed to be like, this is not, I don't know what classes you take. I remember taking classes here, but I don't remember what classes I took. Yeah, yeah, Korean history. Yeah, yeah, international relations, I think. Oh, yeah, some of y'all in that. Uh, Yeah, I'll pray for you after. But yeah, when I preach and when I speak, I don't like it to be where it's just like, you know, crickets, you know, if God speaks to you, if something resonates in your heart, then you should say, amen. Let's try that out. Amen. amen. I would try another one. Mm. Mm. Come on. You got to make it look like you just have some good soup or something like, mm. or that's good. Come on. That's good. Let's practice. That's good. Mm, that's good oh that's right Uh, amen all right y'all good okay (laughs) so yeah so i was i was an exchange student at yonsei and then uh, i went i'm from north carolina born and raised and then east coast right there there we go uh yeah so i'm from the south east so you know we'll take that and uh and then i was an exchange student I was here and I was here for six months. God radically changed my life. I went back to North Carolina, finished, got my degree, and then I felt God was calling me to come back to Korea. So I've been in Korea now. Woo, I became a pastor that, that year. That year I came back, I was, became an intern pastor, and I started serving with this ministry. And so I've been in Korea now seven years since then. I know, I know what you're thinking. He cannot be that old. But, yeah, black don't crack. You know, it's like, it just, can we make sure not to put that on the podcast? Just saying, black people, Korean people, we got something kind of like, we do not age. Like, my mama still looks like she's in her 30s. Like, it's crazy. So people see my mom, they're like, when did she have you? 10 years old? Like, what's going on? But no, no. Okay. Anyways. I'm glad to be here tonight. I'm glad that you're here tonight. I believe that God has something special for us tonight. You believe that? Say amen. 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 Let me pray for us and we're going to get right into it. Father, I thank you for every student that's here, every staff, every person that's here tonight. They're made in your image, God, and you care for them. And so, God, I pray that your spirit would move powerfully tonight, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would remove deception, that you would establish us in truth. And God, uh, you would release life to the full and hope in this place. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to talk to you guys out of the Bible because the Bible is important. So how many of you guys have a Bible with you or a Bible app? All right. So get your Bible apps or your Bible. 
If you don't got either, then just, you know, lean into the person next to you, get in their personal space. Um, and I want you to turn to Luke 24. And we're going to look at, we're going to start with verse 13. Luke 24, starting up from verses 13. Now, this passage of scripture is a really meaningful passage of scripture specifically for this ministry because it's where the name comes from. This is where Emmaus got its name from the story and from what God did in this particular story. And in this ministry, what happened in this story is constantly happening. And so it'll happen in your life this semester. I tell you that this semester is going to probably be the most powerful semester you've ever experienced. And I'm not talking about your classes. Okay, I'm talking about what happens in this place every Tuesday, what happens in your familias, what happens on Sundays. This will be the craziest, most powerful semester of your life. I really believe it. It was for me. It changed me completely. But yeah, let's get into this. Luke 24. And we're just going to read a few verses. Verses starting at verse 13. That very day, two of them, talking about two of the disciples, were going to a village named Emmaus. Everyone say Emmaus. About seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing them. Let's stop right there for a moment. It says that these two guys, as they were walking and heading toward this village named Emmaus from Jerusalem, while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. I want to talk to you today on the topic, facial recognition. Everyone say that right now. Say facial recognition. recognition. I want you to turn to the person next to you. I want you to tap them and say, hey, I see you and I like your face. (laughs) Come on, we're going to get real awkward. Come on. Uh, come on, y'all supposed to be all cool and stuff. College kids supposed to be all cool, and then y'all got real awkward. Yeah. Uh, I like your face. Don't take that the wrong way. I'm just saying it because he told me. In this story, we see these two guys. In the context, the larger context of this passage is that Jesus was just crucified. He was crucified. He was put up on the cross. He died and was buried. And these guys, they followed Jesus. They were two of Jesus's cheerleaders. They were his disciples. They were his road dogs. That is meaning they were with him a lot. And they just saw the guy who means the most to them die. And so after they see this happen, you can imagine this is trauma. Okay, this is some traumatic experiences. They're walking back and they're just having a conversation with each other. They're talking about everything that they've seen. And as they're talking about everything they've seen, Jesus himself, it says Jesus himself in the passage, verse 15, Jesus himself, you you could have just said Jesus, but Jesus himself, they want you to know it was him. Jesus himself walks up to him. He's like, hey, what's going on, guys? What y'all talking about? And they're like, hey, what's going on? And then they just keep back to the conversation. It says that they could not recognize him. The one thing I want you to get tonight is that on your journey here in Korea, on your journey in Emmaus, on your journey here, the most important thing for you is to learn how to recognize Jesus. 
Because when you can recognize Jesus, when you can recognize God in your life, everything changes. See, for me, when I came to Korea, I, I was a Christian. I was a Christian for about six months. And before that time, I was an atheist. I was an atheist for six years. And I was on this search after, after I was an atheist for six years. Towards that last year of my atheism, I was like, you know what? Atheism kind of sucks. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it's really depressing. You know, like at the end of my life, I'm going to die. I'm going to go into the earth. That's it. So I was like, there's got to be something more. There was something inside of me that kept yearning and yearning and yearning for God. But it didn't matter because I would go to churches and I would be in different places and God would show up. I'd see the person next to me raising their hands. They're crying. But I could not recognize God. And these two guys are in the same situation. They have just seen God. They have just seen Jesus die on a cross. They're talking about it. Jesus shows up, but they could not recognize him. It's important for you to be able to recognize God. In fact, in life, it's important for you to be able to recognize faces. It's actually the first thing, one of the first things that we learn. Did you know that? Babies, when they're born, they say that it takes babies less than a week to recognize their parents. It says within six weeks, babies are able to recognize their parents' faces from across the room. So when you look at babies and you think like, oh, they're just stupid. They don't know what's going on. No, no. They say that babies are facial recognition experts, that the person who means the most to them, their parents, they can recognize them from across the room. Did you know that God, he made you inside with something inside of you that can recognize him, that you were built, you were made for God. You were made to recognize him. You were made for something inside of you to yearn out, to call out. For God. See, if you are born with an ability in a week to recognize your parents, how much more your heavenly father? See, you got to get this semester. One thing you need to get is that God wants you to recognize him. God wants you to be able to see him in every situation, everything you go through, everything that happens in your life. Because if you can see him, everything changes. See, it's important. The primary challenge for man in life is recognizing God. Man is on this search to recognize God. And it's important to it's important to recognize God because what you recognize in life is what you will receive. And what you receive is what you will reproduce. I'm going to say that again. What you recognize in life is what you will receive. And what you receive is what you will reproduce. So if growing up, all you recognized was that that there's pain and suffering and hurt. If growing up, all you recognized was that no one likes you and nobody wants you. Or if growing up, all you recognized was these particular things, then that's all you receive. And then later on in life, you start to wonder, why is it that I act exactly like I do the exact things that used to happen to me. If, if you grew up and all you saw was that your father was an alcoholic, studies show that most people whose, whose parents were alcoholics, they become alcoholics. That if you grew up in an abusive household, they say that most people who grew up in an abusive household, they become abusive. 
They say that if you were an orphan, if you were someone who grew up in a broken home, you are most likely to have a broken home. Why? Because what you recognize growing up is what you will reproduce. That's why it's important for you this semester for you to recognize God. Because if you can recognize God, he's the source of all life, all peace, all hope, then you will begin to reproduce life and peace and hope. See, change does not happen by changing your location. Change does not happen by changing your circumstances because circumstances change. Change does not happen by you trying harder. Change only happens when you're able to recognize God. Tap somebody and say, you better recognize Tell him, tell him, tell him, say, you better recognize. <laughs> See, I grew up, I grew up in the hood, okay, in the United States. I grew up in the hood. And so, you know, I heard that word a lot. You better recognize. Tell somebody again, say, hey, you better recognize. <laughs> See, You better recognize God because if not, you will only begin to reproduce everything else that you're seeing. For some of you, you're coming in here and all you've seen is hurt and pain, brokenness in your family, heartache. And you're wondering why that's all you seem to continue to see. Or for some of you, all you've seen is dry religion. You went to a church that was boring. Can I say that? Is that awkward? Let's just be real, okay? Let's be real. No, no one's going to hear this, right? right? <laughs> Maybe you went to a church where it was boring. You just experienced dry religion. And therefore, your life seems dry. Your relationship with God seems dry. And it's all because you haven't actually recognized Him. See, God wants you to begin to recognize Him. God wants you to be able to see Him. The Bible actually tells us that when we see God's face, what comes from it is blessing. There's this passage in Numbers where it says, the Lord's face shine upon you. May he turn his face upon you and give you peace. Meaning that when you see God's face, it'll give you peace. It means that when you see God's face, when you recognize him, it'll give you comfort. When you see God and you recognize him, it will give you security. When you see God, everything changes. You believe that? Say amen. You know, I love this verse. It says another word for recognize is the word acknowledge. And I love this one verse in Proverbs chapter three, five to six. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him in everything you do. Recognize him and he will make your path straight. Meaning if you feel confused, if you feel like you don't have any direction, like I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. The first thing you need to do is recognize him. I don't know. I don't know if y'all hearing what I'm saying right now. This stuff I'm telling you right now is really good. Like this is powerful stuff. I'm telling you life changing stuff right now. Some of y'all looking at me like. You got to recognize him. Because when you see him, everything changes. So why, why is it that we have trouble with that? Why is it that even today, maybe some of you are standing here and you're like, I don't even know if God's here. I haven't ever experienced God. I don't know if God's real. Why is it that we have so much trouble recognizing God? Even for some of us who may have been walking with God our whole lives, something bad happens and all of a sudden we feel like God's not with me. 
Why is it? Why is it that we have trouble recognizing God? I'll give you two, two reasons why we can't recognize him. The first, I want you to look at Luke, 22, Luke 24, verse 14. It's talking about the two guys walking down the street. And it says they were talking with each other about all these things that happened. Verse 15. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. The first reason why we can't recognize him is because of distraction. If you can't recognize God, if you don't see him working in your life, you're most likely distracted. You know, these two homies, I don't know what their names were, but I'm going to call them. What's your name? Josiah Josiah and Josiah and Paul, right? (laughs) So Josiah and Paul, they just saw Jesus getting crucified and they were walking down the street and, and Paul was like, yo, Joe, you know, and he was talking to, he's like, what's going on, Pete? And then they were talking back and forth. They were having a conversation. Jesus shows up. Now you would think that if Jesus, that he is the son of God, he is the ruler of all creation. He is the creator God. He is the one who created all things by a word. He has all power and authority in his hands. They saw this man walk on water. You would think if you saw a guy walking on water, you would never forget his face, right? I mean, seriously, you watch a guy do like a good dance move on YouTube and you remember his face, but he walks on water and they look at him and they, Josiah and Paul, they don't know. They can't recognize him. You know why? Because they were distracted. Distraction will cause you to miss an encounter with God. Distraction will cause you to miss the fact that an encounter with Jesus is happening right now. Distraction will cause you to not recognize the divine moment that you're actually in. See, for some of you right now is a divine moment set up by God to set you free. And you're thinking about what you're going to eat after I stop talking. (laughs) For some of us, we get so distracted. And when you're distracted, you cannot recognize God because you can't focus. And there's too many things that are taking up your mental space. You wonder, why is it so hard to connect with God? Why is it so hard to hear his voice? Why is it hard to know he's real? You're distracted. There's certain things that distract us. One thing that distracts us is that we get fixated on other people. These two guys, Josiah and Paul, they were all about each other. They were all in their conversation with each other. And they were so fixed on their conversation that they missed the fact that Jesus was wanting to meet with him. You ever found it sometimes that you just get so distracted thinking about worrying about what everyone else is doing? You get so distracted by what your friend's doing on the news feed and how many likes they got on Instagram. And no, you don't do that. That's just me. (laughs) We get so distracted because we spend. If you think about Facebook, I'm just talking about Facebook for a moment. Think about Instagram. They're, They're pretty idiotic if you think about it, right? You can sit there for hours and just scroll. Like, ha ha ha. (laughs) And therefore, you can spend hours fixated with what's happening in someone else's life. And God's standing there like, I'm trying to bring a breakthrough in yours. And you're too busy worrying about somebody else. For so many of us, we walk down the street and we're too busy thinking about everyone else. When God's wanting to speak into your life right then. In worship, when God's wanting to encounter you, you're too busy thinking about what will someone else think if I press in and seek God? Because distraction is one way Satan tries to keep you from connecting with God. 
See, when you're distracted, you miss it. Sometimes it's not even other people that distract us, but it's worries, anxiety, our needs. We start thinking about things that haven't even happened yet, or we spend our time meditating on things that have happened. And we spend so much of our time thinking about things that have not, ha- have not happened or have happened that we miss what's happening. Those guys were walking down the street and they were talking about Jesus being crucified the other day. Jesus was standing with them right then. For so many of us, we're too busy thinking about what, what that person said to me, what my mama did, what my father said, how I failed that when that girl said no. When that guy, I don't know, you know. <laughs> and we spend our time fixated on things that have happened or have not happened rather than thinking about what's happening. There's a reason why when it talks about God appearing in a place, it's called his presence. Because it's about the present. But so many of us, we can get so distracted. We get so drawn in by everything else that's happening on around us that we miss that Jesus is standing right there. You know, as soon as Pastor David strummed on the guitar and he started singing with his R&B Justin Timberlake voice. (laughs) Jesus came in because he likes Justin Timberlake. Like Jesus has been in this room. His Holy Spirit, his presence has been moving in this room since we began. The question is, have you recognized it? See, sometimes we get so worried about things. And you got to ask yourself sometimes, what am I worried about? Why am I so worried? Why am I thinking about that so much? Why am I spending my mental energy thinking about that when the God of the universe wants to talk to me? Newsflash, what you're worried about is not that important. Because if you will connect with the God of the universe, he'll fix whatever you're worried about. The second thing is disappointment, discouragement. You know, I want you to look at Luke 16 onward, Luke, Luke 24, 16 onward. It says, right, their eyes were kept from recognizing them. And Jesus says to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? I mean, really, he said, what y'all talking about? And then he said, they stood still looking sad. And then they start talking to him. I'm not going to read all of it. But then they start to tell Jesus about him being killed. So Jesus is standing there like, what are y'all talking about? And they're like, so there was this guy, Jesus, right? He looked kind of similar to you, but yeah. (laughs) He just got killed. All our hopes and dreams, everything that we had believed, everything we just saw it crumble through our fingertips. Everything's gone. We haven't seen. And Jesus is standing there like, "Oh, oh, really? Oh, really? That happened to who? Oh, okay. But they couldn't recognize him because they were so sad. Because they were so disappointed. Because they were so discouraged. You ever been disappointed? You ever got put your hopes in something and then saw it not happen? You ever been discouraged? You know what disappointment does is Satan uses disappointment. Satan uses 
those moments when maybe we hoped for something or maybe we believed for something or maybe something bad happened that we didn't deserve or maybe something happened to us that we didn't ask for or maybe someone hurt us and maybe we were so disappointed or so discouraged, so disgusted. Satan uses those things to distort our image of God. And Satan does this because if he can distort our image of God, when God shows up, we won't recognize him. You know, the title of this sermon is called Facial Recognition, right? And I looked up what I looked up facial recognition software. You know what facial recognition software is? It's like rather than having a key right to a door or something, you just go up and you scan your face. Like you just put your face up to the machine. And it's like Mission Impossible. It just scans your whole face and then it goes back and it's like, that's a nice face, Marcus. <laughs> you know, it scans your face and then because it recognizes your face, it opens up the door. Right. Well, you know, that's how the software works. It scans your face, but it oftentimes scans your face and then it compares it to a picture that it already has. But if the picture that it already has is different than the face that shows up, right, it won't open the door. For so many of us, our hearts are closed to God because we've experienced disappointment that's changed the way we've seen God in the past. And so when God shows up and we look at him, we don't recognize him and we don't open up our hearts. Oh, you understand what I'm saying right now? What I just said was hecka deep. Okay. (laughs) See, Satan uses disappointment to try to change your perception of God. Satan uses disappointment and discouragement to try to change the way you picture God. So that when God shows up and you look at him, you say, I don't recognize you and you keep your heart closed. See, for these guys, they had experienced so much disappointment. The biggest disappointment of their lives had just happened. And it had changed the way that they saw God. Because of that disappointment, they thought Jesus was dead. But Jesus was standing alive right in front of them. But because they were so disappointed, they thought that God was dead. They thought they were worshiping a dead God when an alive God was right in front of them. And so they couldn't recognize him. For some of you, you think that God is angry with you. You think God hates you. You think God is disappointed with you. And so when God shows up and says, I'm a God of love, I'm a God of compassion, I'm a God of grace, I'm so patient, I love you, I'm willing to do everything for you, you keep your heart closed because you say, I don't recognize that God. Disappointment so many times can cause us to shut off our hearts when God's wanting to break in to show that he's so much more than we could ever imagine. See, what God wants you to know today, what God wants you to know this semester is that he's far more than you could ever imagine. And that no matter what has happened to you in the past, he's going to change that picture to show you the reality of who he really is. Y'all hearing me tonight? See, most people live their lives in reaction to a previous time when they were disappointed, when they were hurt, when they were discouraged. And then when God shows up, when they're in that moment where God's wanting to encounter them, they say, access denied. God's not here. God's not real. God doesn't want it. You know, I was abused first 15 years of my life. It, you know what it did to me? It, and my father left me before I was ever, before I was ever born. I was born, I never knew my dad until I was 13 years old. That's the first time I saw him. You know what that did to my picture of God? He's the God that abandons me. 
He's the God that wants to punish me whenever I do something wrong. He's the God who's looking for an opportunity to desert me because what he sees, he doesn't like. The disappointment of not having a father. Then when I came into an environment like this place where God's presence was so real, where people were talking about the God of love, I couldn't recognize him. I couldn't recognize him because I was like, that image does not match up with the image I put on my database. See, if you want to recognize God, you got to start changing the database. See, what happened was in this story, it's so amazing. What happens is that Jesus is sitting here and he's talking with them. And see, the disciples, their image of Jesus didn't compute. Their image of Jesus didn't match up. And so they're telling him, like, God is a dead, like this guy that we thought was God. We thought he was the Messiah, but we just saw him get killed. We just saw him get get embarrassed. We saw him get put on a cross. We know right now he's in a tomb. He's dead. He's not alive. And he's standing right there. And you know what Jesus did? He said, okay, get your Bible. That's what he said to them. He said, get your Bible. He, and then what he did was he began to teach them about who he really was. He began to wipe clean everything that had happened to them, everything that they had seen. He didn't just wipe it clean, but he began to establish the right picture. And he began to interpret all the scripture, all the word of God concerning himself. And all of a sudden what began to happen was that their database that had a certain picture began to have a different picture. See, what's got to happen in your life is that that image that you have currently of God, that image that you have currently of life, that image that you have currently about your place in the world and your place in God's story. Someone has to start speaking into your life so that you will change the database. You can't change it yourself. He just started to speak to him. He said, you see that right there? That was about me. You see that right there? That was about me. You see that? That was about that guy, Jesus. You see that, Josiah? You see that, Paul? You see that? That was about me. All of a sudden, they're like, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait, could this be true? Could this be true? Could this be true? Could this be true? And then Jesus is like, all right, guys, let's have a sandwich. And he breaks the bread. And their eyes are open. And they're like, wait a minute. He was here all along. They say, we're not our hearts burning within us. You know what happens when your database starts to get clean and God begins to start establishing the real view of who he is and how much more he has for your life? Your heart that was once dead starts to come alive. Your heart that was once apathetic starts to come alive. Your hopelessness that you carried your whole life, your depression that you've always felt, that pain and all of that, that inadequacy that you felt your whole life. All of that, once that starts getting removed, your heart starts to come alive. I mean, when that happens, you become a different person. These two, they. Joe and Paul, you know. When their hearts came alive, you know, they just ran and they went and told everybody, you know what happened? Can you believe what just happened? Oh, my gosh, he's alive. Everything we heard was true. Everything changed. 
See, what you need to understand is that God isn't worse than you think. He's far better than you think. He's not out to get you. He's not out to punish you. He's out to bless you. You know what changes what changes us more than punishment is blessing. What changes us far more than being punished is being blessed. You ever got a gift from someone you didn't think you deserved? I have multiple times. And like it just it just happens to me a lot. <laughs> it, or maybe I have like a jacked up view of myself. I don't know. But I remember when I was, I mean, I, I have so many stories. I mean, I have stories of when my friends, they, they put an entire car audio system into my car, like just for my birthday. I was like, well, y'all spent a lot of money. Like I was looking at everything, like computing it, like y'all really love me, you know. Um, I've had so many moments in my life where someone's given me something more than I deserve. But more than anything else, salvation, God's grace, his freedom, his freedom, his joy, his life, life everlasting, life to the full. It's changed me far more than someone telling me what not to do. See, God's not worse than you think. He's far better. He's not left you. He's not an absent God. He's a God who's ready to draw near to you. You know, the best part of this story was that these guys didn't ask for Jesus to come. These guys were sad. They were discouraged. They were depressed and they were heading away from Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is known to be the spiritual center of Israel. It is like the place where all the action is. It's where the party's at spiritually. Okay. And they're leaving. They're saying, you know what? They're pretty much saying, I'm done with God. When they left Jerusalem, they were saying, I'm done with God. I'm discouraged. I'm disappointed. I don't don't really believe this. And that's where God decided to meet them. Not when they were like up in there, like, you know, the, the, the guys up front and they had it all together. It was when they were at their most discouraged. Because that's oftentimes where God wants to show you beyond a shadow of a doubt. He's better than you can ever imagine. Is when you think that you are completely not worthy to see him. There's this word for God and it appears in the Bible more than any other word. And it's the word holy. And when I started going to church when I became a Christian and I'd hear people talk about this word holy it it always made me feel bad because it was like God is so holy I am not you know when I was an exchange student when I was I would let's just say I know home day pretty well So I would hear holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. God is so holy. He's so holy. He's so holy. And I'd open up my Bible and I try to read it. And every time I read my Bible and I saw the word holy, or I saw Jesus say, be holy, therefore, because your heavenly father is holy. I'm like, Jesus, I suck. Until I found out what holy actually means. You know what holy means? Different. Different. 
in heaven, when they say holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, when they say that Jesus is holy, you know what they're saying? They're saying he's different. They're saying he's different than anyone else you've ever met. He's different than anything else that you think could satisfy. He's different than anything else that you think could fulfill you. He's different than everything that has ever existed or ever will exist. He is altogether different. And he's not different in terms of you are bad and he is good. He is different in terms of that he's far more loving. He's far more patient. He's far more kind. He's far more. He's far more than anything else you could think. He's different. He's different. He's better. He's good. See, what God wants you to see on this journey is he's different. Recognize he's different than you could have ever thought. He's better than you could have ever imagined. But you got to remove the disappointment. Remove the discouragement. Remove the distraction. Stay off Facebook. I'm just kidding. But you got to remove the distraction and open up, open up your heart to fully recognize him. You know, as I was preparing for tonight, this revelation that I had, can everyone just close your eyes right now? This thought that I had was and something that I, I, I realized is that Satan is after your memories, not really your dreams. I was talking about disappointment. Oftentimes, the enemy uses what has happened or what didn't happen. Maybe you expect it one thing to happen or maybe you had things happen to you that you could have never asked for you didn't want but he uses those and he uses it to distort the picture of God and for some of you here tonight there's a part of you that really wants to encounter God different than you ever have before And maybe you felt distracted. Maybe you've had so much going on that you've just felt so distant, so distracted from God. Or maybe you've just been really discouraged. You're like, I don't really want. I don't really want this. I don't really want to go deeper. And it's just because there's just so much. You just felt apathetic. You felt bitter. You felt hopeless. But what you don't know is that God is wanting to meet you right where you're at. He's not saying, come, come over here and then I'll meet you. Get better and then I'll meet you. No, he's saying, I want to meet you right where you're at. He's just saying, hey, are you willing to just, just meet with me? Just, just to open up your heart to see me. I feel like there's a number of you who have been that you come you come to Korea or maybe you're a four year student. Maybe you've been here for a while, but you've been struggling with a lot of disappointment, discouragement. And you have tried to deal with it on your own. You've tried to 
let it go on your own, but you just, each day you wake up and it's just like, it don't matter how the weather is, you just feel like the God wants you to encounter him right where you're at. Come on, let's pray right now. Let's pray.